Do you put women on the pedestal? Have you ever said, you're too good for me? I don't deserve you. You can do better. You'll find someone much better than me. Well, you're probably putting her on a pedestal. Welcome to The Nice Guy Show. I'm your host, Faisal Kokor, and I'm joined with Ari Graf. And today we're going to be talking about putting women off the pedestal and the real truth about what's really going on here. So Ari, have you ever put a woman on a pedestal? Way too many times. Um, I'm still guilty of it sometimes, even. It's like, uh, it's instinctual, almost. I've gotten much better at yeah. gently taking women off the pedestal. We don't knock them off the pedestal. We 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 just lead them off the pedestal. Okay, so what does it mean? I mean, like most guys were thinking, well, what do you mean by putting her on a pedestal? Because when I first heard that term, I wasn't quite clear about putting them on the pedestal. So how did you put women up there? And, you know, what, what was your reason for it? Well, it, it, it really means you're idealizing them. You're imbuing them with special, special traits, like their, uh, their beauty mm-hmm. means they're superior to you or, or, or their intellect even, or their emotional intelligence. That, that's a way that I've put women on a pedestal. I mean, what, what are some of the ways that you have put women on a pedestal? Again, you know, the things that uh, every time I put a or have put a beautiful woman on a pedestal and uh, it's usually because of a initial thing was because of a beauty. And then she would be quite a, a strong character, you know, well accomplished, done something very successful or has had some incredible experiences that I've not had. And then I'd be like, wow, this is amazing. And I, you know, I don't deserve this and she's too good for me. And what's happened is it usually ends up me being intimidated, you know, by her. And when I'm putting her on a pedestal, I, you know, I'd be too afraid to talk to her and think, oh, you know, I'm not good enough to have a conversation with her. She's too good for me. And I did this with my, um, with my ex-wife as well. I mean, you know, we met, we were young, uh, she was pretty very attractive. And I used to say this often, especially in my mind is that she's too good for me. She's going to leave me. She's going to find someone much better than me. And I just kept putting her on a pedestal and I just saw her as this perfect creature who was feminine, who could do no wrong. Uh-huh. And in my eyes was, yeah. Have you recognized that one? Oh, sure. Um, so question, did you always put her on a pedestal? Like from the the moment that you started interacting with her, or did that evolve over time? That was uh, it. Was straight away. It wasn't a gecko. It was from s- straight away. I just put her on a pedestal, and uh, it was something like, "Wow, you know, I don't deserve someone like this. I've got someone like this, and uh, there is no way I'll be able to hold on to her." These were kind of like things that were ruminating in my uh, in the back of my head which eventually led to a lot of neediness, a lot of insecurities, not, not feeling enough for her. Um, and I see a lot of guys doing the same thing as well, you know, just putting her on a pedestal. So did you put, did you put your uh, ex-wife on the pedestal as well? I did. Um, in some really self-destructive ways. Um, I, I think that, um, 
I really elevated her her intellect and her emotional intelligence over over mine. Her whole, well, her narrative of the relationship. Um, so, so I think those those are ways that you can idealize another person that can really hurt you. So when sense? you talked about yeah, so when you talked about like emotional or idealizer intellect, was it because she was able to? maybe better communicate, articulate what, how she's feeling. And you're thinking, well, you just took the words right out of my mouth because that's, that's the way sometimes I was thinking, well, I can't express that well or articulate that well, or, or understand what's going on in the relationship or situation. And I was thinking, well, I just felt really inadequate uh, intellectually for not getting things and Absolutely. understanding it. Yeah. I mean, she, she's a very psychological person and she is insightful. Uh, we were we were both doing psychoanalysis, so we we had that in common. Um, oh. But uh, I, I fell under the myth of that, that women just understand relationships better, or understand emotions better, that they can articulate emotions better, and I and I was really stuck in that. Um, so so th- I think this is a, a crucial way that men can idealize women and put them on a pedestal. So when you say, uh, you know, they really understood that fact, does, when I used to hear about how insightful she was, I always used to see that as that this is gospel. This is the, this is the truth. And what I did was, I don't know if you did this as well, but I see a lot of guys, they, they don't have their own view or introspection about it because she's, put it so well hey this is how it's making me feel this is how you're showing up and because of this this is happening and i took that as oh this is the actual truth whereas i didn't really yes. go into the examiner did you see did you feel that as well yeah it's crazy that we, we can make another person the arbiter of the truth mm. we people do that all the time like they just abdicate their own r- reality to another person. I mean, it might not be your, your, uh, your wife or your partner or your girlfriend. It could be someone else in your life, but it, it's something that we have to call out. And I think nice guys are, are often guilty of this. Um, way too gullible, way too gullible and easily persuaded or easily bent towards other people's reality. You know, this is, you know, this is one of the things I teach is like frame control. We, move into other person's reality, other person's rules of, of their world, their territory, and say, oh, this is their truth, and we don't have our truth anymore. And uh, I really find that to be a real uh, sticking point in relationship. But how does she treat you? So you were idolizing her. You put her on a pedestal. How, how did that make her feel, or did she ever say anything about it? Well, I, I think um, – I don't I, on a basic level, she, she didn't like that about me. I mean, she, she wasn't going to just say, Oh no, you're actually right about things some of the time, but it, it was, what she didn't like was that I didn't trust myself and that I couldn't stick up for myself and that I didn't value myself enough. I mean, ultimately it, it comes to, comes down to how you value yourself. And when you idealize another person, you're essentially devaluing yourself, which is, it's inherently unattractive. Um, oh, ever so much so. 
so she really hated that about you. And she said, ah, you know, I, I don't like this. Again, I think that was uh, no, similar women to... Women often won't articulate that. That, that, you know, this is this is one of the tricky things for for men, for nice guys, is that w women won't come out and just say this. I, I hate that you do this, that you put me on a pedestal. But so what do they say? See, you know, grow a pair, or, you know, have some <laughs> have some spine, you know, like, and then you need to read between the lines about what what does that actually mean? It means yeah. that you, you need to listen to yourself, trust yourself make decisions, even make mistakes, but, it, but it, they need to see that you trust yourself and that you're, you're willing to uh, stand up to them or it, it kills, it kills their trust in you. It kills their attraction, kills their sense of safety. Yeah, absolutely. She's saying, you know, get your shit together, sort yourself out and, you know, start leading. Yeah. But like you said as well, I, I, you know, it was never articulated to me, you know, you idolizing me, you putting me on this pedestal, you see me as this perfect creature, but their communication was very different because they were feeling these emotions of not secure, not safe, and they were communicating that. And to us, we're looking for the logic. So I want to cover some five things, and then I want to find out more experiences from you, like, you know, we're going out in the dating scene as well, what it's been like to put women on a pedestal. But I want to cover like five things why we put women on a pedestal. One is evolutionary because when hot women meet our needs for reproduction, evil? Which is, it's an evil thing. <laughs> evolutionary. That's an evil. It's a Britishism. Okay. <laughs> it's a Britishism. Yeah. So we put women on a, a pedestal because she is incredibly beautiful and you think, oh, you know, I'm going to have some amazing kids with, with this person. And also she's scarce and she's also desired and wanted by other men. So we instantly put her on a pedestal. Number two is status. Imagine having the most beautiful girl right by, beside you. You know, she's the prize. She is the, you know, the, the achievement of every guy's dream. So as soon as a woman's next to you and you feel like, oh, this is it, I'm going to get kudos, I'm going to get a lot of guys saying, hey, mate, well done for that. You've got an amazing girlfriend. Everyone's going to talk about you. So she'll elevate your status and she'll be admired and desired by a lot of men. So having an attractive woman on your side. And this is what you, some of the stuff you touched as well, this inferiority complex. When we feel inferior, when we don't feel good enough, what we'll do is we normally tend to put women a much higher than us you know we're not just women but just other people so if you're if you are especially if you're socially inept and if you're socially awkward or uh, not very versed emotionally and socially then you'll tend to put people with high status right above you and you're like a, you become like an ass licker and you like see them as like oh my god the god complex another reason is tunnel vision because you only see their beauty and you idolize them and you see that they can do no wrong, you don't see them as a whole person. And I was thinking about this the other day because you just see their perfect side. And when you just see their perfect side, you just ignore all the dark sides. And you just see this woman as like, oh, she, she's emotional. She's, she's, she feels everything. She's, everything she says is right and must be true. But you're not seeing her traumas, her, her challenges. And I, I did this when I was quite young. I just completely ignored the other side. So you just put her on a pedestal as like, she can do no wrong. She's the angel. 
And the last one is culture. I was listening to music yesterday and some of the songs, they were saying, I can't live without you. You know, life will not be complete. Everything I do is for you. Right? Have you ever heard this music where everything is about this woman? Yes. And yeah, and like without you, my world will collapse. So this is kind of like music that we hear. I mean, romantically, emotionally, yeah, we get that. It does feel like we can't do anything without you. But realistically, this is a, such a toxic message as well. And in Hollywood, a lot of men are shown as bumbling idiots. And even quotes, you know, we have a lot of skewed quotes as well. It says, behind every great man is a woman. So again, we're paralyzing her. We're putting her like, she is the only person in order for you to be great is to have a great woman behind you. But that's not true. We know that. We need to have great people behind us. So do any of those things resonate to you? And do they, you know, do any of them come up, especially when you're out dating now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, it, it's important to try to see a woman in a, in a well-rounded, holistic way. And, 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 and I think that, that kind of gives us an idea of what to do when you're, when you're starting to date someone too, or, or even just uh, meeting them. Is, is to really try to find out more about them, um, t test them out, see what makes them tick. Um, mm -hmm. if, you, if you notice you're idealizing them, you, you know, like maybe even look for their flaws because we all have them. Um, and yeah, even the most beautiful women, they still have to take a shit. <laughs> they still get diarrhea sometimes, you know, <laughs> they're not perfect. <laughs> Um, so is, is that your tool when you go and see a beautiful woman and you're like, I'm afraid to talk to her and approach her? Oh my God. She's, oh, there's that diarrhea girl. You <laughs> <laughs> might've just farted. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's shit hard. Is that the new meaning for it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one technique. Um, you know, it's, it's not to put women down, but it's just to level the playing field. You know, yeah. because we're often putting ourselves down. Um, yeah, I, I think um, one thing that Dr. Glover talks about is we can make women into a celebrity, like yeah. turn hot women into celebrities. And it's like I was thinking about some of the women at the gym that I see that I haven't talked to, but I've turned into celebrities. Um, yeah. I realize I, I'm doing that. Um, and actually go, going through, you know, when I was preparing – for this episode, I was, I was just thinking about like, yeah, how far back does this go? Um, and another thing in the, in the uh, dating essentials book, he's talking about a lot of this could, could start in middle, middle school, junior, junior high school, when you're first starting to go through puberty and starting to notice women, uh, girls. Uh, and like, I, I remembered back to middle school, like there, you know, there was probably four or five popular girls. They were all blonde. Uh, they, they all had like uh, the perms. And what was that thing in the front? Um, Is it fringe? Fringe. That, that might've been the, how you called it. There was, um, it was some kind of flip. They used to like uh, put a lot of hairspray in. Anyways, um, it, it was like I'd constructed this pantheon of goddesses yeah. Um, in junior high and I didn't even realize it, 
you know, that, that, that these women, these girls were untouchable. Um, and, and I, I was so shy and, and timid that I, I, I didn't even make eye contact with them. You know, I, I felt like I, I, I couldn't exist in their world. So I know it, it goes back to, you know, the, the earliest stage of me uh, being interested in mm-hmm. the opposite sex. Uh, it's funny now, now I'm like Facebook friends with some of these, these girls, some of these women, you know, they're just like normal people They're you know, they, they're married, they're divorced, they have kids, they, they gain weight, they lose weight, you know, like they're, they're just normal people. And yeah, uh, sometimes time doesn't do well for them. And you think, why did I put them on a pedestal? Why don't I see them as these goddesses? You know, I, and you know, when you mentioned about celebrities, there's a quote, I, can't, I think it's Rolo Tapasio or something. He said, you know, if you treat them like a celebrity, she'll treat you like a fan. You know? Yes. And, and another great quote that came up was, um, you know, stop looking up to people, start looking into people. And when we start looking into people, then we start to see, like you said, you know, we're going to see their dark side as well. We're going to see the whole side rather than just their perfect idolized side. And it, like you, I did the same thing in school as well. They were, they were the untouchables and they were like the girls that, you know, everybody wanted. And there was a group of guys that, you know, were all popular as well. And I just felt invisible. Like so many other guys, I just felt invisible, unworthy. And I was just on the sidelines like everybody else, you know, a lot of the majority of the guys. And you think, and then it just started to ruminate and you start to embed beliefs about yourself is there is no way I can have someone like that. I can never ever attract someone so good, so hot, so amazing. So what was it like for you in like high school and college with dating? Were you, were you putting women on a pedestal then too, or? Yeah, absolutely. And so my, I didn't really have a, a dating or a relationship kind of at school or even at college. I was just a very, I was a socially anxious person. I mean, my social anxiety, my nerve, my nerve fracture, as I call it, was very high. And if I did have female friends, they would just be friends. It wouldn't be anything sexual. It just, I, I couldn't, you know, pull myself enough to create something more than just friendship. I was too afraid of rejection. I was afraid of saying something and they might not like it. And so I was really afraid of their, you know, turning around and saying, you know, how dare you? Because I saw that with some other guys and some guys who were really cocky, really strong. And they were like, how dare you touch that? And I, and I took that on. I was like, okay, that can, that can come back to me and sting me. But the guys who were very good with women, they were just like, I just did to take it in their stride and, and they wouldn't lose their cool about it. And it'd be just fun. And this will carry on for them. Rejection was no problem. But for me, if that happened to me, terrible. So how did so you, when, you start to break through that? Oh, that was a long time. I mean, it took some work and I did that after, you know, after my, um, so marriage, I started to you know, do some work and start to really see myself. I had to re-image myself. 
is to see myself as a different person, a person I want to see. And this is a lot of what a lot of guys do is they have such a distort view of themselves. And this is why we idolize. And I believe we idolize people because we see either them as good or bad, but we never see them as whole. And this is one of the sayings is you don't want to meet your hero because when you meet your hero and I have met some of my heroes and then you see them and they're like, wow, they're, they're an annoying fuck sometimes. They, <laughs> Can you name names? <laughs> no, I can't name names. I'm like, they're, they're picking their nose. They're, they're grunting and they're, they're messy or they're untidy. And these, and I've met some people who are like, you know, pretty well recognized and thinking they're disgusting. And, and after a little while, they're thinking, why did I just see it as such a perfect image of them? And the reason it was because I didn't see myself as whole. So you're unable to see yourself, others as whole. So you're not integrated. So how are you going to see the integrated version of the other people? Excellent point. So how do we get out of this? What do, what do we recommend? So what was, what was some of the stuff that you started to do? I mean, so you've been on dates and, you know, um, did you find yourself putting them on a pedestal? And what did you do to stop that? Um, well, sure. Yeah. Even, even after, uh, yeah, you know, when, when I split from my ex-wife, you know, that was such a big wake up call. And I, I started to see how much I was idealizing her and her narrative of how things were and, and her narrative of who I was or what I thought her narrative was of who I was. Um, but I was still doing a lot of these nice guy things in my dating. Um, including idealizing women. I think even just my girlfriend from a couple of years ago, she was the most beautiful woman that I had ever dated. And she, she, she looked like Rihanna. So I, I, I became kind of obsessed with her. Like, I, I think I felt like, um, like I had gotten lucky and that, um, you know, I, I needed to maintain her interest in me, maintain her approval of me. Um, one thing that stuck out was like, I'm on my birthday, you know, in, instead of thinking about what I wanted to do for my birthday, I was thinking about what, what is she going to like for my birthday? And that's, so <laughs> <laughs> it got through to me like, okay, you know, I'm really putting her on a pedestal and, and I'm, I'm, putting my needs to the side. So, yeah. But it was Did like, you buy a gift then? Did you buy a <laughs> gift for your birthday? <laughs> yeah. It's just a backup gift. <laughs> right. I want to make you really happy for my birthday so I could be yeah. happy. Um, so, you know, that, that was, that was a continual challenge dating her as a, as a beautiful woman. Um, but I, I was becoming more aware of it. Like it's just been a process of be, me becoming more aware of how I do this with women, and, and now I can I can observe it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, do you have I, any kind of do you have any like self talk or anything you say to yourself to catch yourself not getting into loop of um oh, idolizing her, putting on a pedestal, and she's the wow, she's the most amazing person in my life. Because you yeah. said something really interesting. You said something really interesting, and. 
and I see this, um, relatives say this, I see this on, on relationships and TV. You're so lucky to have her. It's such a one way. You're so lucky to have her. It's such a one way narrative. And and you're thinking, oh, so I must be lucky, right? And privileged to have someone like her. Right. And it it wasn't something that uh, really truly attracted to, uh, attracted her to me. It, it It was something kind of, yeah, yeah, lucky, more chance, um, and, and essentially, it's it's saying she's not fully attracted to my value, hmm. uh, and and I think th- this this is part of how you get yourself out of the uh, this dynamic of putting them on a pedestal is is really focusing on your own value and reminding yourself of your own value, you know, so that could be the self-talk that you use, you know, but I am a man of high value. And these are the reasons why. Um, and then you gotta, you gotta practice things that remind yeah. you that you're high value. You know, it's all the, um, that masculine discipline that, that you teach, you know, yeah. it, it's doing good things for yourself. It's, it's doing loving things for yourself that we, we have to always be doing this. Um, it's, it's probably a red flag. If you stop doing this and you're, you're focused on what, what that woman, uh, what you think that woman wants. Yeah. It's such a great point there. And, you know, backing up on that one as well, I, again, I wanted to, you know, transform myself away from putting women on a pedestal away from, thinking that, you know, she's way too, way out of my league. Some of the things I started to do was, is one of the things I teach, you know, I teach the three E's. Uh, one is entry level, entry point, when to enter a relationship, when to exit a relationship. And the third one is the experience. Most men who put women on a pedestal, most men who have dysfunctional relationships lack experience. And what you can do is the more I started to gain more experience with talking to women, opening um, conversations, starting conversations. And I had a narrative was changing my narrative, flipping the script from when I was to approach a woman, talk to a woman, instead of thinking, will she like me? I started to think, will I like her? Is she interesting? Is she somebody of, does she have virtues? Does she have principles? How does she live her life? How How does she add value to the world herself? So that's when I became more curious about her. And if, and you know, I've dated very attractive, beautiful women and I still have these two words. And I remember um, mentioning these two words to you as well. The two amazing words just to get rid of the excessive energy is so what? So what she's hot. It says don't press, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what, what am I? One of my favorite saying is hive status people assess low status people impress so you just go there and she's hot so what she's amazing everybody wants so what but, but she's just so sexy so what yeah just neutralize your energy so what and oh she has this and or that person you know when we idolize famous people oh they have a million followers so what they've got so much this so what it's just to 
put you in an integrated state so you can see the whole thing. Yeah, appreciate the value that they, you know, that it's taken them to get to a certain place, but also just don't run away from it. You know, as one of the virtues of stoicism is temperance. Just have a good balance with this as well. I love that. Yeah, I remember when you you so wanted me. You you, you were <laughs> so what? Uh, yeah. uh, it it's just really valuable for for teaching for for getting perspective. I think. And the simple things are the most effective things because we're right now. There's so many, so much information out there. When we can't do the basics, then we'll struggle with the complexity. You know, as I say, it's simplification is the ultimate sophistication. We gotta keep it simple, and we gotta just be very mindful of it. Have a great balance with this. So let's just wrap this up. Putting women on a pedestal. You know, I kind of shared some of the things um, there. What would your message be to you know a lot of guys who are putting women on a pedestal or anybody else idolizing you know anybody else? Yeah, you, you have to remember your value. Um, you you have to practice valuing yourself and loving yourself every day. And and if you find yourself putting someone on a pedestal, thinking they. Um, they're the arbiter of reality. You know, they know best on things or, or because they're, they're beautiful. They have more worth than you. That's a sign you're putting them on a pedophile, a pedophile, a pedophile, <laughs> pedophile, pedophile, pedophile. The pedestal is pitiful. That's what you remember. Uh, that's a red flag. Don't go into the pitiful zone. Don't, I like that one. Pitiful. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Ari. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I was going to say is, uh, you know, we're, we're also talking about scarcity and abundance. And so yeah. part of the reason that we put people on a pedestal is, you know, we, we think um, we're so lucky to have that person in their life, in our life, um, just by whatever thing we're idealizing. Um, but the reality is there, there's plenty of beautiful women, smart women, women with a good sense of humor, good, good character traits. There's just, there's lots out there and, and you have to, you have to get out there and meet them and practice and don't settle. I love that. I love, I, actually, that was such a great and such a, a important point as well, because when, when guys go through a divorce or a breakup, they they think I'm never going to find somebody like that again. And they'd really go into this scarce mode. And, and she was amazing. I'm not going to find an amazing character. I remember working with a client and he, they split up and he said, Oh, she was amazing. There were so many beautiful traits about her. And I was thinking, you do realize she's not the only one who can bring those values, those incredible traits. There are many women out there, incredible women out there who have these great traits as well. So it's not the only person. So I love that. Ari, thank you so much. My simple tip is, you know, just remember, flip the script, rather, instead of saying, will I, you know, would she like me? Will I like her? And if you see a hot woman, so what? There's so many, as Ari said, there's so many of them around. Gentlemen, thank you so much. This is The Nice Guy Show. Stay tuned and make sure you subscribe if you haven't so. And, we'll, and if there's any topics that you want us to uh, discuss, 
send a message at theniceguyshow.com and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Take care. You've been listening to The Nice Guy Show, the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website niceguyshow.com for more information on how to connect with Chuck and Faisal. Until next time, keep living your best life. Oh, 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 oh